You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet. As always, by the time you're listening to this, the day is today. The Avs will be returning to training camp for the first time this season with their first preseason game coming up this weekend. You can officially turn the calendar to the 2023 season. We finally made it for now, but also a couple of other games underway this weekend. The Avs at the rookie tournament go 3-0. and and have some guys look pretty impressive on the way. Yeah, it's just crazy to think that there's actually going to be hockey games this this weekend. Like, is that not mind-blowing to you? <laughs> it does feel weird because it does not feel like mid-September right now. No. It still feels like very early in the month for some reason. But it's, it's just, I, I don't know how it got here so fast, but also took so damn long to get here. I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it feels like we we just started to see the players come back. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we have a game on fucking Saturday. None of the guys are going to play in it, but <laughs> there's still a game on Saturday. Is it home or away? I, I have absolutely no idea. I That's should check. I, I think I, I think I have tickets to it. I mean, I mean, I would hope you would know in that case, <laughs> but I feel like I, I shut my brain off for hockey for such a significant amount of time for me, at least that the second I turn it back on, everything's now just going to happen all at once. Yeah, like it's it's just it's all going to hit us in the face. And soon enough, we'll have fucking like who the PTOs are that they're going to make the team, all that fun stuff. Like it's just going to be um, it's just going to be a crazy, crazy time. Yeah. Training camp just around the corner. But let's start with the rookie tournament. The Avs, like we said, they go three and oh at the rookie tournament, and they have a couple of guys really show out over these three games. Number one for me, and I think for most people, Sam Malinsky is doing nothing to tone down the hype around him right now. And the the cries about him making the roster day one, we haven't even gotten to training camp, is still very premature, but it's getting louder for him. How much stock do you take in this rookie tournament, though? Not much. I mean, 
at the end of the day, they're all playing at a similar level. So you put a little bit of stock into who looks the best. Malinsky looked incredibly dominant. He looked incredibly confident. I'm not going to factor this into him making the team, but this was really one of the first times I was able to really see what Malinsky could do. I'm very impressed by him. I loved a lot of the, the skill set. He's got a lot of tools, I think, to be an NHL defenseman and He's going to have the inside track when he gets to training camp. I mean, this is really outside of the little bit of time he spent in the AHL last season, a time that you can make a strong first impression. He's done that. Yeah, he's done that. And it's it's just going to be one of those things where you have to figure out going in, are you comfortable? Because Curtis McDermott, what are you doing with him? I love Curtis, but if Malinsky's a better player, are you just going to carry Curtis around for the entire year? Jack Johnson, I, I think we all think he's going to be solid, but are you comfortable with him being your everyday sixth defenseman or are you more comfortable with him being the seventh defenseman? I think the interesting conversation around Curtis McDermott is going to have to be around the cap hit because the Avs, they don't have a lot of room to work with anymore now that they've signed to TAR. And even with the LTIR, they're only at about 525000 left in cap space. So they really can't bring anyone else up at the moment. Like, let's just say hypothetically that both Ben Myers and Olafson make the team and Malinsky starts the year in the AHL. That would leave them with exactly 525,000 in space. They can't carry an extra guy. So McDermott's just going to be seven at that point or an extra forward. And then right. you send Olafson or Myers down, then bring up Malinsky. It's just, he's just going to kind of be floating around for a while. Yeah. Well, and I, the thing is, is I think if you were to like put him on waivers, I think someone would claim him. I think someone would take Curtis McDermott for free. Even and, though like we all, I think we all understand Curtis McDermott doesn't always do the best things on the ice, but there are teams that would just take him if you, if oh, for free. And it would break my heart. It would break my heart. Like imagine if the fucking wild picked him up. Oh, that's like my worst nightmare, but it it's that's what Sam Malinsky's causing because I don't think like I, there's been hushes and whispers about like hey this kid's gonna be really good, um he can be a solid third pair defenseman and you see this rookie tournament he looked like he shouldn't have been out there, like yeah. he he looked like he was too good to be there which that shows me that you can play in the NHL because if we're being honest a lot of guys in this rookie tournament aren't going to ever play in the NHL ever. Yeah. There was a lot of guys even in the Avs lineup where it's just like, I have maybe seen your name cross my desk once. Right. And a lot of them are just like, I might not ever hear from you again kind of guys. But they sent, they sent a good number of guys down there and a couple of them impressed. But Malinsky right away just looked like heads and shoulders above the rest of the league. And probably because he is. 25 like he's not really a right. kid and he's been through college hockey and everything that gives him a significant leg up over everybody else but he looked very very confident in his game and maybe that all changes when he gets to training camp and gets into the preseason and starts going up against much older guys and maybe some guys fighting for roster spots that can all change but you can only work with the sample size you have and the very, very limited sample size of Sam Malinsky, he's off to, as I think, as good of a start as he could possibly be. Well, because he was solid when he went down to the Eagles for the end of the year too, right? Didn't he have a pretty good run there too? That's what I mean, yeah. He is impressed really in every sample size that he's had with the Avs so far. And if he has a good training camp, I still it might be a stretch to say he's playing game one, 
but he will be the first call up. Yes. Yes. Un- unless it's something crazy that happens where it's like a forward needs to be called up. But I, I was impressed with him. Um, I, I think he's really the only guy that has like above a 50% chance to make it. Like, I think we agree. Oscar Lawson was good tonight against Vegas, but he's still very much needs probably another year or two of seasoning before yeah. he's ready for an he, NHL he's, role. He's not there yet. He was good in this game that, that just wrapped up that the abs won in overtime again, good in this game. There was one against the ducks where he just, he constantly shows flashes of talent, but it still needs to come together for him. And we're, we're not even at the point where, like you said earlier, when you're taking stock in games like this, when it's against similar competition and you're still showing signs of struggle like that, it's probably not going to fare much better when you go up against better competition in training camp and the preseason. And if the, in the NHL, if he does make it there, it still needs to come together. Not to say that it's never going to come together, but it's not a finished product yet. Malinsky's 25. Olausen is much younger than that. Malinsky is far more. This might just be what Sam Malinsky is. Even if he does make the NHL, there's probably not going to be a ton of growth beyond that. Maybe there is. There's always a bunch of late bloomers, but it's kind of an unfair comparison. Very much so. It's very much an unfair comparison. So he just needs some more seasoning. I think another year in the AHL is going to be good. He just needs to stay healthy. Um, and we can see what comes of Olausen. Uh Richie, I believe, didn't play, right? He, he he practiced, but he didn't play, if I remember right. I believe you are right, yes. Yeah, because he's still recovering from the shore. I believe he practiced, but he didn't play. Ivan Ivan, greatest name in hockey. He, he was phenomenal. Like He looked like a guy that may be able to do something eventually in the NHL, but, uh, he was great. Uh, the goalies, I mean, I don't think we'll ever see any of them play in the NHL. Hopefully we don't because they, they're just not ready. But, uh, I I did laugh. Like, do you think back? Like, I know these rookie showcases kind of got big. Like you actually could watch them in the past, like three years. What do you think guys like Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and Miko Ranchman were doing at these rookie showcases if they played in them? They're probably leaving in the first period because it's not even worth their time. Yeah, like, like, could you imagine Kale McCarr going and playing in that? He would have. Kale probably... McCarr would like you'd have to mind control him because he would feel yeah. really bad doing yeah. all that to like children. Right, and it's just one of those things where it's like those guys actually played in there. Um, I would have loved to watch those because those would have been hilarious to watch. Um, but overall, it, it is different feel when you're watching these showcases because now like where the abs are with the cap, some of these young guys are eventually going to have to play roles for this team. So you have a little bit more of a vested watching interest in these games because it's like, well, maybe we find a diamond in the rough and he turns out to be just a quality third, fourth liner. Yeah. I mean, and speaking of diamond in the roughs, I don't think the abs have a guy who's had his stock rise more over the last few months than Jeremy Hansel, the six round pick of this year's draft. He has impressed ever since the abs drafted him. And was very good again in rookie camp. He's not going to make the team this year, but he's definitely going to be a guy to keep an eye on over the next little while. I've heard nothing but fantastic things for him over the last couple of seasons. I mean, he's played with Seattle over the last couple of years in the WHL and was one of the huge parts of that Seattle decor. And in this rookie tournament, he showed a lot of those tool sets again for himself and looked really good, especially in that game against the ducks where the abs pulled away 
late in that one. And he ended up d- did scoring that game winning goal, I believe, which yep. for him is, is great, but he looked really good, really aggressive against end with the puck and just looked very smart with it as well. Is he going back to the Thunderbirds next year or is he going to play for the Eagles? I imagine he'll be going back to the Thunderbirds. Great name, by the way, for a WHL team, the Seattle Thunderbirds, badass. Um, I, I don't know. Like it's one of those things where I feel like in the Western hockey league, he's going to play a lot, but I kind of want to see what he looks like against other pros. You know what I mean? It's the kind of thing where it's just like, this is a guy who has passed over twice in the NHL draft and finally gets a shot with the Avs. I mean, the thing is like, he is 20. He's a little bit older than your average just drafted this year prospect. So they can turn him pro or send him back to the Thunderbirds for an overage year. But even if he does go back to Seattle to play with them one last time, this is probably going to be a guy you see on the Eagles at latest next season and could be, if he really impresses with Seattle again, could probably end up on the Eagles before the end of this season entirely. And maybe, just maybe, outside chance next season could be on the fringes of the roster conversation because he yeah. has he's impressed everyone. It's one of those things, too, where if, if he impresses, he can be a trade piece. Yeah. Like if you can get good value for a sixth round pick and it's just, it, it's, it's good stuff, man. So the Avs may not be able to draft super great in the first round, but over the past couple of years, they've shown that they can find some of these diamond in the rough prospects in the second and third round. Yeah. I mean, now it's just, can they pan out? I mean, John Luke foodie, we've talked about for a long time. I think Jeremy Hansel is going to get added to that list in the next couple of years as a, a late round draft steal. I really like everything that I've seen of him. And the more I watch of him, the more he just significantly impresses me. I think eventually that could be a guy who can play in the NHL. I don't know if he's going to be a superstar, but for a sixth round pick. To say you can play in the NHL is pretty damn impressive. I re- I'm a big Jeremy Hansel guy. I really yeah. like him. Yeah, it, it's it it. It's interesting for sure to see just these these guys play. And um, I think it's really helpful that they're finally showing these games and you can actually watch them and you don't have to like watch like someone on their Twitter, <laughs> just be live yeah. streaming the game. So big help. It, it helps a lot. And they went three and oh, and that's a win in itself for the rookies. So I'm excited to see it. I, I think we definitely saw some names pop up that could be potential members of the abs in the future, but in all honesty, if three of these guys ever play a second in the NHL, that's a win in my books. That's if three of these guys playing in a rookie tournament ever play for your team. That is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when was the last time? Who was the last? Oh, Lawson. Yeah. He was the first round pick to play in, in this tournament because yeah, he, he was drafted in 2020. So yeah, no, it, it it's going to be interesting to see where it goes, but uh, it was just nice to watch hockey again. It's not the best hockey in the world, but it's nice just to watch hockey again. Yeah, it's kind of on like a little back-end stream, but it's hockey. It's Avs hockey. They're wearing the logo. Yeah, you're seeing the Avs pop up on your Twitter feed, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. This is a goal. All right, let's do this. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then by the time this episode is out, you'll probably be hearing this Avs Avs training camp gets underway and the preseason less than a week away. I believe first game is on Saturday. And... Couple of questions about this team as we do head into training camp. We talked about Sam Malinsky. I think that's what I'm going to be watching the most out of training camp in the preseason is just how much Sam Malinsky impresses and can he somehow get himself a roster spot, maybe even as the seventh defenseman. 
Because last year we talked all about Martin Cout and Shane Bowers because there's open spots on this team. Can they finally make a push for it? And I felt like Cout had a good preseason. I feel like this year there's more positive storylines to talk about than just it being all or nothing for two guys. And for me, the top of the list is Boletsky. Yeah, and just uh, the game's on Sunday. They play Sunday 1 p.m. against the Wild in Denver. I will not be going to that. I'm just letting you know now. I will I will not be going to that game. Um, even though the Broncos suck, I'll be watching football all day. Um, but yeah, when you're looking at storylines, it's it is it's interesting because Malinsky is really the only guy who I think of the young guys that can make the NHL roster. Yeah, of the young guys. All right? But do you consider? Like, do you consider Ben Myers still a young guy? I, I don't. Like, he's been in the league for two years already now. He's, he's new here. I mean, he's 24. I mean, Malinsky, he's technically younger than Malinsky. If we're calling Malinsky yeah. a young guy, it's only fair to call Myers a young guy. And Myers was playing on the team last year, late in the season, and in the playoffs. He, I feel like he's kind of the default that you put in at 4C right now. It would take someone having a massive camp and unseating him. So I, I don't really count him in the same conversation i mean unless peter holland has a fantastic camp and makes the team as the 4c which is a possibility i guess i i think that's a strong possibility but i also think they wouldn't resign myers if they didn't think that he could he could help the team so it's it's more like when i'm looking at this camp it's it's what is the line configuration going to be i think like 11 of the 12 forwards are pretty much spoken for when you look at it and six five to six of the d is already settled too you know what i mean yeah even then i feel like myers probably has a very strong inside track at number 12 and jack is gonna start at number six like unless he gets hurt or malinsky has one of the best camps we've ever seen it's going to be jack johnson starting at number six on opening night yeah so it's it's more just for me. What are the pairings going to be? What's the configuration of the lines going to be? Um, because the thing is, is I, I do think that these young guys are going to impress, but are they going to impress enough to crack the opening night roster? I just think this team, as it stands right now, is too good for all these young guys to 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 crack the lineup opening night. Yeah, I mean, and and this is not last year where you're looking at there's a couple of openings right. in the offense. Like th- there really isn't this time, and there's a lot of PTO guys in here. I mean, we haven't talked about Freddie Olofsson in forever, but that's probably going to be a guy who starts as an extra forward going into the seed. Like the, even the the press box is barely open to some of these guys going into the season, which is not necessarily a bad thing. No. I mean, it's not a bad thing for John Luke Foodie to get another year to really go off in the AHL and still be in position to get a call up when guys eventually get hurt. He is going to play in the NHL this year. He's not going to make the team out of camp unless he is spectacular and has made incredible strides in his game. But the guys are going to get hurt. A lot of guys are probably going to get hurt for a certain stretch of the season. John Luke Foodie is going to get another look. He impressed when he did come up in the NHL. And even though he couldn't end up putting any points on the board and didn't get called up again, even when they struggled through injuries later in the season, you know that they want to at least give him another chance. They want to give him another chance, but he's got, he's recovering from what, what, what was his injury? Cause he hasn't been skating. He was in a red non-contact. So I don't know what his injury was in the off season. I'm drawing it was a shoulder. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank on it. 
I'm still but, catching myself up on everything. Yeah. So, so he, he's been banged up. We need him to stay healthy. Um, but I, I really think training camp, like you just said, is going to be, who's going to be the first call up. Yeah. That's really what we're going to get decided. And I think foodie is the leader in the clubhouse right now, just because he's done before. But I, I think Malinsky has a really good shot to do it as well. Yeah. I mean, you do have to separate it into forwards and defensemen. Malinsky, unless someone unless he gets hurt or like Gianni Fairbrother really has a great camp he'd have he would have to jump several people on the depth chart to be first call up I think Malinsky is first call up as it stands right now unless you're putting Brad Hunt in that conversation it might just depend I, I mean, totally forgot about Brad Hunt yeah, I totally forgot I, like and, might... and Brad Hunt was serviceable last year yeah I I feel fine with Brad Hunt yeah. playing a few games it's I think that's going to be the main question of training camp is for Malinsky, at least, is who's going to be the first call-up. Is, is Malinsky going to pass Brad Hunt, or is it just going to be the safe guy, Brad Hunt, who was not bad at all last year, actually had some very nice moments last year, especially when that defense was absolutely decimated for a strong portion of that season. Hunt was fine. Yeah. I, I still will vividly remember that goal against Edmonton, where he just <laughs> unleashed a one-timer to tie the game at two. So um, it's... I totally forgot about Brad Hunt until you literally said his name. I mean, I the the guy had four goals in yeah. 47. Like he, he was fine last year. He was not a nightmare, which no. for a projected eighth, ninth defenseman going into the season is much more than you can ask from. I think he's going to push Jack actually a little bit for that 60s run. I, I really liked Brad Hunt last year. I, if guys get hurt, I think we've been talking about Sam Malinsky a lot that we have kind of forgotten that like we do still have Brad Hunt. Right. Teams like they still value a guy like Brad Hunt. Yeah. And if I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world for Malinsky to get another, like if he plays like five months in the AHL and then he's finally ready to come up, I, I don't think that's a bad, bad trade off. So that is, I cannot believe I forgot about Brad Hunt. That was like a very under the radar. We re signed him. Yeah. So did we re sign him or did we just already have him under contract? I can't remember, man. Yeah, we signed, we signed him for two years, so this oh, is okay. this is his last year. Okay, so yeah, I mean that's going to be interesting, but it is like let me ask you this: Would you, are you more comfortable with how the roster is shaking out now? Like we don't really have to worry about training camp than we were last year because I thought last year was kind of exciting where it's like oh we don't know who's going to win this last spot, but I'd much rather have this where it's like we know pretty much all twelve of the four. This is this there. is perfectly fine. Yeah, there is nothing like I really was not looking forward to hinging the fourth line on Martin Kaut last year. Like it's Kalkin and Presson finally going to make the team is Bowers going to do that. It's like, it's Ben Myers's job to lose right now. Like even Evan Rodriguez last year, like we weren't entirely sure what the guy was going to be. There was, it was much less certain with him than it is with Thomas Tatar right now. Tatar has been around a lot longer, been established for a lot longer than Evan Rodriguez was. This team is pretty set at the moment like there, there's not a huge amount of competitions going on i'd say it's you're gonna watch what they do with the waiver wire with goaltending if they just go ahead and run with Ananen as backup goalie for the first little while or go and claim somebody malinsky is he gonna earn himself first call up is anyone gonna surprise at training camp and maybe get themselves a first call up maybe like a john luke foodie but like we also forget about like a guy like like riley tufty a former first round pick of Dallas in 2016, who we signed this offseason. Like, is he going to impress on a new team and a new system? 
maybe get himself into the call-up conversation, anything like that. Hasn't really been able to do much at the NHL level as of yet, but 25, it's not too late for him to maybe blossom into something still, but there's going to be guys to keep an eye on, like all the other guys, the college guys, I should say, like Pavel and Pollen, as well as Malinsky, who we've talked about at length already. This is a much better training camp because I feel like there's a lot more options to look at, but you're not asking them to fill roster spots right now. Right. It's it's more like it's going to be a very boring training camp in the sense Ooh. of I don't think I don't think a lot of news is going to come out, but I'll take that every day of the week I, than honest, having to honestly, having to talk the, about Martin Cowd every fucking day. Honestly, the less news out of training camp, the better. I really don't want to be hearing a lot out of training right because you really shouldn't be the training camp's kind of meant to be boring it's practice it's really just the first practices where the guys are getting back out on the ice can you really name good training camp stories to be hearing no no like other, it, other than a guy looks better than expected yeah like well the stories will come out like this guy's in the best shape of his life. He's bound for a great season. And it's like, yeah, those are the stories I want to hear. I don't need to hear. Right. But they're not, those stuff. aren't, those aren't stories. Like that's what everyone always says. Right. Right. Like th- th- those are the type of things I want to hear. Um, no news is good news when it comes to training camp. Right. You know, so, especially, especially when you hit before training camp, you really don't want to be the blue jackets. You no. really don't want to have those kinds of stories surrounding your team. We'll get to yeah all that in a little while, but to illustrate my point, you really don't want a lot of news surrounding your team. You really don't. You want to get to game one as quietly as possible. Quietly as possible. So let me let, – let's just quickly – what is your ideal – like who's your ideal top line for the Avs? My ideal top line is I would like Lekkonen to start with McKinnon and Rantanen and then experiment with experiment with it as it goes on. But in training camp, I don't think that needs to be the case. I, I want to see them try out Duran. I want to see them just experiment in training camp and see what sticks. Cause you should be trying Duran. It shouldn't just be your, your safe go-to of Lekin and McKinnon ranta. Cause you know that, you know, that's going to work. You know what that's going to be. You want to try to find ways to spread out your talent as much as you can. And if Lekin and McKinnon Rantanen just happens to be the thing that works fine, but you should at least try to find out. Yeah. You should at least try and find out. I am sorry. I just got distracted. There was a crazy play in the Steelers. Yeah. I'm tra- I was, that's why I've like trailed off for a second there. Cause my brain was getting so overloaded. Where there was so many fumbles on one play. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. Back to the point, but I, I do agree. I, I think this is where you experiment with it. If you get Druan up there and it works, awesome. I also would like to see an experiment of maybe Miko, Val, and Lecky on a line. That just seems fun, doesn't it? Like that just seems like a fun line where it's like they're gonna forecheck the shit out of you and Miko with his anger is going to be solid. Like I, mean, I just want to see all sorts of combinations. I mean, I like it. I just I always hesitate about Rantanen at center because he is a natural wing. I I just don't want to take anything away from him like and force him to do more as a center than he can as a winger you know what i mean right no i get that but i I just want to see like the craziest combinations possible to to start training camp but i want to see a line of like mckinnon uh drew and maybe ross colton just give me something crazy man like that's what i want to see 
But I think as we get to um, like the season, I think opening night we will see McKinnon, Ranston, and Lekkinen as the starting starting I, top line. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Drewan. I think they're gonna trot Drewan McKinnon out there in training camp first. And I think they're going to try it in games for a little while. I mean, they're not going to see many preseason games together, maybe Drew and more than McKinnon. I think maybe for the first couple of regular season games, we will obviously learn more about what they're looking at when we get to training camp. But just my my theory is that we're going to start the season with Drew and McKinnon and then and and maybe Ranton and maybe Lekin and still on that line. But I think they're going to give it a whirl. I mean, We've seen Drew Ann and McKinnon working together in captain's practices and everything, staying off on the ice after everyone else leaves. They're going to try. I think that's going to be one of the first things they see if it can ultimately work. Yeah, they're going to see. Are you warming up to the idea of Drew Ann playing in the top six? Now that I've seen him with McKinnon, I mean, I want it to work. I right. want it to work. I want to see them try it. I have some reservations on if it's a long-term solution, but if there's instant chemistry there and you can find that in training camp in the preseason, by all means. I mean, if there, if there is ever a time to try it, it is, it is in training camp and preseason right. where you don't have anything to lose, build that chemistry. That would be great to get a top line drew and for under a million dollars. And you can bump Lekkonen down and force other teams to forget about him more and more. That's a great win-win. Whether it's going to work is a different story, but if it does, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think my biggest training camp thing I'm going to keep an eye on, you've talked me into it just the way you've talked about him. I think there's a serious chance Ross Colton could start at 2C to start the I, year. I I think it's going to be Ryan Johansson that's going to start at 2C. And I there has not been anyone I've warmed up more on than Ryan Johansson. I have warmed up to this a lot. I think it is going to work, and he is going to start at 2C. If Ross Colton starts in the top six, I think it's going to be on the wing. Okay. I don't hate that either, but I I, I just – that's like – if you're asking me for a hot take, I think that could be a hot take. I think Ross Colton gets the 2C job out of camp. My, I will follow up that with a slightly less hot take. I think Ross Colton starts as 2C going into the playoffs. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. That that makes a lot more sense. But if you're asking me for a hot take, like of, of – what I expect to be a very boring training camp, I think that could be the most interesting thing is, is could Ross Colton beat out Johansson for yeah. for 2C? And, and, and honestly, I'm not too bothered on if he is 2C or 3C. He's going to light it up no matter what position he's in. And again, I really like the idea of a third line of Wood, Colton, and Tatar. Yeah. I think that's a really good third line. Maybe just because I haven't seen it yet and I just think everything that's new is going to be perfect. Right. But... It's just such not. a different feeling than last year. Cause like you talk about that third line, I'm excited at points last year. That would have been our second line. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Yeah. That would have, <laughs> we would have been doing backflips if that was our second line yeah. last year with it, how injured we were. And the, now that's our third line. Potentially. I do think that's a really good fit for the three of them. Um, and then it, it's like we said with Cogliano and everyone else, it gives them that, that they're playing eight to 10 minutes on the fourth line. And that's where they'll thrive. They will yeah. thrive in that role. So it is a, I'm going to hope that it's just a boring training camp and everything goes according to plan. Nothing crazy happens and and we're good to go. But it is, I, I think I may get out there for a practice or two. I may, I may try and get out there for a practice or two and just, just see what the boys are looking like and uh, just, just check it out. If I could, I absolutely would. So yeah. I need you, I need you to be my eyes and ears at some of these practices. Yeah, I'll do that for you. Don't worry, man. But, uh, but yeah, there was one more thing. It's not abs related. We wanted to talk about, um, Connor Bedard looks really good. 
Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games, and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets when you sign up. Best of all, nobody's going to be missing out on any of the actions this season because all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. So what are you waiting for? Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Now, back to the episode. It's really un- <laughs> it's really unfortunate that he absolutely destroyed as much as he did in the first time wearing a Blackhawks jersey at rookie camps. I mean, that's temperate a little bit. But oh my god. This yeah. guy is no. This is Dude, not. I knew his wrist shot was good, but he just doesn't even look like he's that, trying. You shouldn't be able to do that. The way no. he scored, I believe, the hat trick goal where he stops and he picks like a centimeter under the bar. Doesn't even ring the bar. He just like picks it off of the top corner of the net and back out. The goalie has it covered. People are. You can see the defenseman back off because there's no shooting lane there. You should yeah. not be able to score from that angle. It just looks so effortless the way the puck comes off of his stick. And I absolutely hate that he is in this division. I, yeah, I do too. People saying he's going to fucking score like 50 goals. Calm down. Like he's, he's not going to, if he gets 30, that's impressive as a rookie with how bad the Chicago is going to be. If he can get 30, that's, that's good. I'm going to be delusional and say 40. Like I, the, the way he shoots that puck I think he's going to hit 40 this year. You think? I think so. I'm okay. gonna, I, I mean, he is literally the only scoring option for Chicago. Someone so. has to score on the yeah. Blackhawks. I mean, let's be very real with ourselves here. They're going to be getting him the puck as often as they can. There's, no, I really haven't even seen guys in the NHL shoot like Connor Bedard can at 18. Yeah, I maybe don't, I don't maybe think the key is because didn't he break his wrist or something when he was a kid and it forced him to work on his like some strengthening his wrists or something like that. It wouldn't surprise me if he just has like some kind of rubber in his yes. hands that just allows him to bend his wrist in inhuman ways. But I know it's as early as it could possibly be. And it's not even training camp, but the, the things Connor Bedard does to pucks, they're, they're going to have to make rules surrounding it. Like he just looks absurd. It, it's, it didn't help him at all with expectations because now you see that and it's like, yeah, it's against rookies who we should be dominating. So, and he did, and he did easily. Like, it, it looked like he wasn't even trying. Like, that's what I imagine what Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, and Miko Ranson looked like in these rookie showcases. Yeah. Is, is what Connor Bedard did. I mean, so, he, he's shooting pucks like you do in, in be a pro in NHL. Yeah. Like, but like back when I used to play and you do like the, the wrap around the net all the way around yep. and just like the quick wrist shot goes top corner the little curl and drag that just always goes top shelf. He's doing that. And, and yeah, he's perfect it's accuracy. Best, it's not the best competition. Give him some time against good competition. It'll come. Yeah. It's so, 
dumb. It, it's not fair. That shot reminds me of uh, a Crosby's backhand. Like I, I think Crosby has one of the best backhand shots of all time. And that's what that wrist shot reminds me of. It's like, holy shit. Like it's a lot of what Joe Sackick used to do, except better because Joe Sackick was doing it with wooden sticks. So like, like it, it's just crazy. The kid is going to be phenomenal. Luckily the Chicago won't be good for at least another like two years. Yeah. But I mean, once that, once that's up, yeah, we're in trouble. Yeah, we're we're going to be in some trouble. Once it is just still so fucked that so many franchises have to suffer through just decades of putrid hockey, and Chicago has to have what four bad years. It 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 still makes me sick to my stomach. The Blackhawks got them for for several several reasons. Yeah, they have four bad years, and this team's all of a sudden good again. But. yeah, Connor Bedard looks like a pro. I don't even know. Did he play any other games after that one? I, I, if I was Chicago, does it's he, like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> does he need to? Yeah, like, you're good, dude. You're good. Just t- take the rest of the, the yeah, week off. Just, just go to training camp next week. Like, we don't, we we got it. Yeah, we got we good. got the videos. We got the stuff we can send to our fans and get everyone hyped up and sell tickets. What's the point of putting this guy out here? This is not a rookie. This is a guy who's going to be a, a cornerstone as soon yeah. as this year. Wouldn't it be so funny if they stuck him in the AHL? It's impossible. <laughs> they would, they would do that only because it's funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Nick Chubb getting carted off the field. I'm right. sorry, dude. No. Sorry yeah. for your fantasy team. Um, But, uh, but yeah, Connor Bedard, disgusting. Um, Other than that, not really much happened in these rookie camps. I found it weird. Like, I, I thought these showcases, they would do, like, a tournament. Like, I guess the abs are just done after winning those three games. Like, do they do they get, like, a, like a trophy or something? Like... <laughs> I don't know. They they get pride. Of yeah, three and zero, baby. Three Hang a banner. Hang a banner. That's all but, you can ask. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't think there was anything else crazy happened in the NHL. It's it, it. We are so close to like actual hockey news being back that it's a little frustrating that it's like we're this close and we don't have really much to talk I mean, about this episode. But I mean, to be fair, we're, we're we are dancing around like, Oh yeah. Story. And we are getting to it. And I know someone's like, what do you mean? There's nothing to, we know we're going to talk about. We're thinking of like other things to talk about that maybe affect the abs first, but we're just kind of on the precipice right now. Training camps are going to be starting this week. Preseason going to be starting shortly after that. There's going to be stuff happening here soon. It is the start of the new season as we get to it, but not for Mike Babcock. He didn't make it like we were talking about last episode. He never coached a practice. He never worked a game. He got to watch a prospect game, I believe, and then turn around and go home because he is no longer the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He resigns as coach. And now he's out. I've, I will start off by saying I don't know how Yarmo Kekalainen still has his job. He must have some dirt on the the Blue Jackets owners. I just, I cannot, for the life of me, understand how he is going to survive this after what Marty Walsh said. Credit to the NHL Players Association, which is a, a sentence that I don't think I've ever said in my life. This is the first time Marty Walsh has really had to to flex his power as now the head of the NHLPA, and kind of did great. He left a real scathing review for the Blue Jackets and for Mike Babcock, saying that it's basically important that players are treated with respect in the workplace. That did not happen in Columbus, and getting rid of Babcock is the correct move. It's the correct move, but 
I honestly like I didn't know if he was actually going to get fired from this, yeah. you know, or or resign, as they say. Like it, he got, it, they had to negotiate his exit. He got yeah. fired and got a chance to resign. Yeah, like it, it's just, I don't know. I I didn't think that like this would result in him getting let go. But then you think about it and it's like, yeah, like you can't ask people to see pictures on their phones when you're their boss. That's fucking weird, dude. It's fucking weird. And also the thing was, is that they did almost let this go as they were saying that the explanation from Boone Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau almost had them drop it until it started to come out that there was some younger players involved in this and they were uncomfortable with it. And then it was ultimately one of the most serious concerns, this is quoting directly from the Elliot Man Freeman article, one of the most serious concerns was a meeting that occurred away from team facilities that included several minutes of looking through a phone that was beyond the scope of what was initially understood to have occurred. That is fucking weird. You're not their dad, bro. Like, dads do that shit, or parents do that shit, and even my parents didn't do that shit. They didn't look through my phone, man. Like, it's just... These are professional fucking athletes, dude. Like they aren't just some kid who got busted sneaking out. They're professional athletes. It, like, what do you want to do, man? Go and see what dating apps they had downloaded. Like, what 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 do you fucking expect, bro? See what girls are sliding in their DMs. Like, chill, dude. It's just like, such a hilariously gross invasion of privacy. Yeah, that just shows how hilariously out of touch this guy is. And I will always go back to everyone knew this was a bad hire. Everyone said from the moment this was announced, this is a disaster waiting to happen. And it went worse than we all expected. And now Yarmo Kekalainen is literally having to apologize to his players for hiring this guy. I don't understand how he still has his job because it's not like he's done a great job with Columbus over the last little bit. I'd say he's done fine in certain areas. This team's won one playoff round. Granted, massive upset over Tampa, and they won the the qualifying round in the bubble against Toronto. They signed Johnny Gaudreau last year and were the worst team or bottom three in the NHL. Traded Oliver Bjorkstrand for nothing so they could keep Eric Goodbranson. I, and then you go out and do this and totally derail your team before you've even started training camp. I just cannot for the life of me understand i i would be shocked if he makes it halfway through the season the blue jackets have to be a a workhorse this season they have to be in the playoffs well and it's like can you imagine the awkwardness in the room because it sounds like the older guys weren't that weirded out by it but if the younger guys were weirded out by it like that's something that's something i found interesting about this is that the captain of the team boone jenner and johnny gaudreau made public statements saying that they were cool with this and i know it's fine they they defended babcock when clearly this was not okay with everybody. Right. And there like, were players that were uncomfortable with this whole thing. And then another thing that came out of the Kekalainen stuff is that he said himself, I cannot believe he offered this up, that players don't feel comfortable going to him with things. What kind of organization is being run in Columbus right now? What the hell is this? I I don't know, man. It, it's just a bad look. Like, it, it's just, it's very bad. And this is like the most like 2023 way to lose your job. Like he didn't do anything like egregiously like bad where you can get in trouble with the law. He, 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 that, we he invaded, that we know of that we know of. Um, 
he literally just went through people's phones, which in 2020, you just can't do that shit, dude. Like just, it's, it's a, it's an incredible invasion of privacy. And I think the, the one little thing we've heard about this thing away from the team facility, I fear that's probably like a, a gross oversimplification because he had to resign. Yeah. Over this. I feel like he was probably worse. Yeah. There probably is some, it'd be very funny if he like replied to people's messages. <laughs> Like, and also, like, for the NHLPA, this is the exact quote that I was looking for and kind of filibustered what it actually is. What it actually was from Marty Walsh on the resignation of Mike Babcock is, our players deserve to be treated with respect in the workplace. Unfortunately, that was not the case in Columbus. The club's decision to move forward with a new head coach is the appropriate course of action, which in NHL language is basically just exiling this guy. And... You don't see NHL guys get lambasted like this, at least not under the former administration. Well, I, I think the thing is, too, with it is all the shit that came out about Babcock in previous years that he was doing. Like He just treats his players like dog and, shit. You know, if only for Yarmo Kekalainen and there was some kind of track record to yeah. go off of that maybe could have warned him that something like this could happen. Cause I've seen a lot of, Oh, it's the young guy. This generation just can't take it. Chris fucking Shelios hates this guy. You're going to call him soft. Really? I want you to look up uh, Mike Madano for me and yep. look at his games played and tell me that Mike Babcock is not a piece of shit. Cause what does he it? end up at 1399 or 1499? Yep. One before his milestone fucking scratched him yeah like just absolutely just absolutely ridiculous power tripping mike babcock more than anything loves power tripping yeah, if there is any sort of consistency you can take from any story you have ever heard about mike babcock this dude trips over power like it's a curb he loves it yeah, because it was what didn't Johan Franzen say something about him too? Johan Franzen basically had the love of hockey beaten out of him by Mike yeah. Babcock. How he said that he, in no uncertain terms, hates this man. Which is weird because Johan Franzen dominated the NHL for like a three-year stretch. He was a badass. I remember he used to tear up in the playoffs. And then you have the whole thing in Toronto where he's like telling Mitch Marner to grade his teammates. And then he goes and tells the teammates what Mitch Marner thinks about him. Yeah, like, like grading their effort and whatever. Yeah. And like just lunacy shit, dude. Like lunacy just, shit. I mean, Johan Franzen, I wanted to get the exact quote called Mike Babcock, the worst person I have ever met. <laughs> Which he's, he's European too. So like for him to say that Europeans are usually pretty nice. Cause he's from Sweden. If I remember right. Right. Yeah. Swedish people are very nice. <laughs> so for him to say that, that is very yeah. damning. He described like the exact quote, Franzen described Babcock as a great coach, but he's a terrible person. The worst I have ever met. He's a bully who was attacking people. It could be a cleaner at the arena in Detroit or anybody. He would lay into people without any reason. Th this pattern is everywhere with yeah. Mike Babcock. And he got a break for probably well over a decade. Because he won gold with Team Canada, I could win gold with Team Canada. <laughs> I think I think we could. I, I honestly think I, I could be like that's, that's not even a bit. Go about you could you could have me as the head coach of Team Canada, and they would win. That yeah. fucking team? Are you kidding me? 
You could have the players be the coaches and they would you win. Didn't, it, yeah, you don't need a coach to yeah. coach Team Canada. The fact that Mike Babcock only has one Stanley Cup is ridiculous. Yeah, with, with all the talent he's teams. That yeah. Red Wings team, you won once and lost to the same team the next year? Yeah. You're crazy. Yeah. That's horrible. That Red Wings team should have gone down in history as one of the best ever. They won once. That's crazy. Very funny. Very funny. And you know who they should have brought in? I know they already named like an assistant to be the coach. Doesn't this scream like Bruce Boudreaux would be the perfect coach for this team right yeah, now? It's like it's like it's a makeup hiring. Yeah. Yeah. Like Bruce Boudreaux, the ultimate players coach. That just strikes me as a perfect fit for him. Yeah. I don't, but I don't know. they this won't do whole, it. This whole thing is just such an incredible mess. And and you got to give credit to the spit and chicklets for sticking with their story on this one, because they knew they had it. A yeah, lot they could have backed down and they didn't. They, they trusted the, they literally, the players texted them. <laughs> they were yeah. like, this, is I mean, th- this story, like I said, was very close to falling apart where after the blue jacket credit to the blue jackets PR, they almost spun their way out of this. Yeah. They, they almost did, did it. They almost spun their way out of this. They got Boone Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau to back them up, and they almost did it. That's what it, that's what a PR firm is supposed to do. I'm not saying they're good people, but I'm saying they they almost did it. They almost got Babcock out of it. But Spit and Chicken, they they stuck by their story and they followed it the whole way through, and it was enough to, to get guys fired. And also the fact that for Yarmo Kekalainen, their players are willing to go to Paul Bissonnette instead of yeah. HR or him or anybody in that building is such an indictment on this franchise. It's still I, just so funny that Paul Bissonnette got a coach fired. Like he broke a story up on and he got a coach fired. Paul Bissonnette, like the biggest, like, um, like goofball got someone fired. Like he tells jokes 24 seven and he got someone fired because of, because of this. I, I thought that yeah. was crazy. Players trust him more than they trust their own management, which is not a dig at Paul Bissonnette, but it's absolutely a dig at Yarmo Kekalainen. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very weird story that reaches its end. And I imagine it'll go down as one of the weirdest tenures for a coach in NHL history. But uh, I think it's a good thing that Mike Babcock's out of the league. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. And for the Blue Jackets, uh, let's say the quiet part out loud. This is a blessing in disguise for them. They got better. Yeah, They are now a better hockey team without Mike Babcock coaching them than they were this time two days ago. I can't say I know much about the new assistant coach that's going to take over for them, Pascal Vincent, other than he's a guy who has supposedly been long overdue for a shot at head coach. I Wouldn't think- you know what an NHL coach who deserves a chance is finally getting one on a ridiculous thing that has to happen instead of just recycling the old head coaches? Yeah, this is a guy who was the associate coach with the Blue Jackets for the last two years and is now the head coach. They're in who, no uncertain terms better than they were. Who was, who was their coach last year? Brad Larson. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And okay. he was there for two years and the they just weren't good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the the Blue Jackets, I, I agree with you. I think they got better just by getting Babcock off the team. Uh, I, I think they not only are they better and have a better chance of making the playoffs this year, they avoided, like, destroying their young guys. This yeah. would have been an absolute nightmare with the amount of young players that they have on this team. And, like, Fantilli, they would have destroyed him. Kent Johnson and oh, – I'm totally blanking on the defenseman's name. Sillinger. 
Juracek. Juracek. Oh, yeah, David Juracek. Yeah, David Juracek. This saved them. Yeah. This saved them. Without a doubt, it did. Without a doubt. They're, they're an interesting team again. So, yeah, there was – oh, I, I totally forgot. I, I wanted to ask you this. I saw something. Uh, I think it was on the Missing Curfew podcast. I was listening to it. They were suggesting that your boy Tom Wilson should be on Team Canada going into going into the Olympics, and I I wanted to get your thoughts because you're the Tom Wilson truther. Um, sure. Is is he a is he a Team Canada worthy player? And the points they brought up were interesting because they said if they face the United States, they're gonna have to go against Brady Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk, who are just gonna be fucking pain in the ass. So you have a guy like Tom Wilson, who is I, I think talented player, um, but he has a little grit to him. Do you think he has a chance of making Team Canada? Do you think Tom Wilson is better than Chris Kunitz? Yeah. Then he has a shot. Okay. Chris Kunitz, Chris Kunitz played a prominent role on Team Canada for several sessions before. But does Sidney Crosby like Tom Wilson? I'd say they like. They've talked enough times. I mean, it would be very funny. And for that reason, absolutely, Tom Wilson should be on Team Canada because it would make a lot of people very upset. And I think yeah. that's really funny. I, I think that would be... I would I would say Tom Wilson I, I think has a bad reputation because of some things he's done, but he actually is a very talented hockey player. Like I mean, by the time when, when like when's the next Olympics? Twenty six. Yes. There's going to be a lot of good players. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm like I love speculating about the Olympics because let's be honest, it's, the, it's, it's more than likely not going to happen. Where NHL players get not. I mean, I am the number one Tom Wilson truther. Tom Wilson three years from now and three years older for a lot of the younger guys in the league. I don't even know if I can push it that far. Yeah. It would be fun though. It, it would, would be, be fun. Very, there. I would get a lot of joy out of that. Let's make no mistake on that. I would think it's very fun. I would, I just wonder if um, like you look at team Canada, I think team USA matches up pretty well against them when you look three years from now. I think like, they do. I mean, there, like, there's no way that the USA is ever going to have team Canada beat on paper. There's no. Just, there's no way they can carry a roster or that will ever be like you compare be like, yeah, t- Team USA is better. Think but, of the four centers Canada's going to roll up. McDavid, McKinnon, Bedard, Crosby. <laughs> but it's like you saw that headline the other day where it's like Crosby was saying, yeah, I'd be willing to play on McDavid's wing. <laughs> like, you're not, ro- you're not rolling out a roster better than that. You're hoping <laughs> that you could beat them enough times. Like they're, if they win that matchup eight times out of ten, you're hoping it's your lucky night. Like. <laughs> Imagine the line of McDavid, Crosby, and Bedard. <laughs> Honestly, like it might not even work because there wouldn't be enough pucks to go around. Yeah, like that's the only reason you could do it. I just think about it. And then you think Team USA would be pretty solid. You got Austin Matthews. You got uh, Kachucks. Kachucks. You've got Jason they got the, Robertson. They, got the edge net. they have the you edge definitely net. have the edge in net with Ottinger and or, Gib- or Gibson. Hellebuck. Like you have the edge of net because who would be Canada's goalie? Darcy Kemper. That's what it kind of sounds like right now. Like I've yeah. I've seen like Carter Hart thrown out there. Yeah, like, Carter Hart would probably be good in front of a good team. We'll see. Yeah, like I I just want the Olympics to happen so bad because that's going to kick so much ass. Like, could you imagine if we had another gold medal game between the USA and Canada? Like, it's oh. what, it's what hockey has needed for almost a decade now is to yeah. go back to the Olympics. That's the best boost in viewership hockey has seen since the Crosby Ovechkin era started. How weird would it be too? Like if that happened and we'd have to cheer for Adam Fox over Kale McCarr. <laughs> it's, 
you know, you, you find ways to manage, right? Like that'd be weird to be like, come on, Adam Fox, be better than Kale. And when we come back on here, like a week after the Olympics, I'm like, yeah, Kale McCarr's yeah, still fuck Adam better. Fox. That guy's not better than Kale. Basically. Yeah. That's the weird. I mean, that's the, that's the fun part. You cheer for players you would never cheer for. And you cheer against your own players. Sometimes it's a, it's a yeah. fun change of pace that the NHL just doesn't let Like the fact we haven't even had a world cup of hockey in that amount of time since, which was a ton of fun. Yes. And then we just never did it again. That it's crazy to me. Yeah. It, it'll be fun, but I did see that and it made me laugh. I forgot to send it to you. I saw it and I was like, Oh, Griffin would love this Tom Wilson story right now. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, anyway, but so I don't think I have anything else for this episode, man. I'm just pumped to have some hockey is going to be back by the time we're recording next week. Yeah. Or we've, later this week. We've pretty much made it to the very end of the off season. Training camp starts now. And now the news is going to start to roll in and we are less than a month away from the start of the regular season. This time next month, we're going to be into the regular season. This yeah. We're going to have some games under our belt. Yes, That's sir. It. So yeah, we've made it through the worst training camp is here. It's not for Mike Babcock though. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't believe he didn't make it to training camp. I do. I knew there was a 0% chance he'd make it to next season. I can't believe he didn't make it to a camp. Yeah. This it's very frame fun. frame one. He had to interact with the players and had to resign. At least like this wasn't like something where you can't joke about him getting fired. Like it wasn't something like this is a very funny reason to get fired. Yeah, it's it's just great. Like I, I can't get over it. The, it was the first thing he had to do was get to know his players and he had to resign because of it. Can you imagine what this guy would have done on the ice? <laughs> I, I don't even want to know, man. I don't even want to know. It, it's so fucking funny, though. It's just the it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen, and it's gonna be funny to me for the entire season. There's just gonna be random times over the course of the next season that we just bring this up. Like, hey, remember Mike Babcock was hired as the coach of the Blue Jackets, and we all said it was a bad idea, and he didn't make it to camp. Yeah, because he had to interact with his players. Yeah, it's gonna be fucking funny, man. But yeah, let's uh let's send these people on their merry way so we can uh, get another day closer to hockey with pleasure so again thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the teledabs it is podcast on the hockey podcast network use promo code teledabs it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more if you want to follow us on twitter or x who does anyone actually call it x like i'm i hear people say it and i'm like you mean twitter right (laughs) i've never heard i actually have not met anyone who calls it x even just like passing, like we still instinctually refer to it as Twitter because it's correct. Correct. You're not wrong. Right. Yeah. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, because you know what that is and you know what I'm talking about, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at tell it as it is. We're going to start getting some tweets out there again. I promise we're getting back into the flow and everything as more stuff comes out. I promise. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We would appreciate it. It does help out the show a lot and helps get our voices out there a little more. We would appreciate it. But again, we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go out.